Welcome to the official podcast of the Canberra Raiders. So close to the Raiders. And Papali would be an appropriate man to score. He's done it. He's done it. Brought to you by OAC Digital. Come join us as we go behind the limelight. Hello and welcome to Behind the Limelight, the official podcast of the Canberra Raiders, thanks to OAC Digital. Finals week two, semi-final time, sees the Green Machine up against the Sydney Roosters. It's the grand final rematch, number three. Feels like we've played them a lot this year, but we go against them again this weekend up there at the Sydney Cricket Ground. Joining me on the podcast this week, as always, is Tom Logan and John Croyder. Guys, can't wait. Yeah, pumped. Bring yeah. it on. Bring on the Chooks. How good is it to be uh, in you know, consecutive final series? We talked about that last week. Great to get through that week last week uh, against the Sharks. Always that danger element in a game like that, Tom, and uh, we were able to get through. Yeah, it was. Especially um, we all held our breaths there for the first 40 minutes because we, we didn't get off to the start that we would have liked it. I think we conceded a, a, like a, re- a repeat set um, straight away and then... Um, obviously, I've got to say, the Sharks were really switched on and they didn't really do a whole lot wrong in that first half. Chad, it felt like the prelim final last year at Geo Stadium when Adam, Adam Reynolds, everything that he kicked was just working and it felt like that with Chad Townsend. Well, we'll have a look at that game in a little bit more depth a little bit later. We'll also preview the big finals game against the Roosters this weekend and we'll chat to Sia Soliola who inked a new one-year deal with the club this week. But first of all, it's time to go around the horn. All right, news this week. We'll kick it off with Sia Soliola himself, uh, signed for another year at the Grand Machine, one-year extension. Uh, of great reward, guys, for a, a player that's um, you know offered so much both on and off the field for this club. Yeah, he's just a fantastic, one, a fantastic player. That's first and foremost, but just a great person, a le- real leader, very relaxed style of leader. Just um, leads by example, but then also takes a lot of the younger players under under his wing and. We've seen what he's done um, before the COVID restrictions as well, like how he helps out um, feeding the homeless. He's got a real heart for the Canberra community, so it's not just big for the Raiders, it's big for Canberra that C is staying. Yeah, massive news. Uh, I can't wait to talk to him later in the podcast and find out just how excited he is um, because, you know, as we mentioned, he... he uh, he left the Super League at the top of his game. He was um, a champion forward for St Helens, um, came off the back of a premiership for them, was just playing some outstanding football over there and uh, wanted to retest himself in the NRL. Uh, Ricky Stewart was on to him uh, at the end of the 2014 season. They had a discussion, Tom, uh, around coming back um, and, and rebuilding the club's identity and the culture. Uh, and you probably have to think that um, in that Ricky Stewart period of coaching this club... Um, he is one of the most instrumental signings that we've made. Yeah, definitely. I think he's, um, when you put it like that in terms of, you know, signings that Ricky Stewart has made, he's probably one of those ones that's probably just flown under the radar quite a lot in just in terms of what actually he's he's done for the club. You know, like what Johnny said, he's he's big in the Canberra community. Uh, he's great for our young players and it's, He's, he's just been fantastic. He's helped John to develop leaders uh, inside the organisation too, uh, like a Joshua Parley, um, who he took under his wing when he first came here. Um, Papa was still um, not the player, nowhere near the player that he is now when he first came. We, he had that talent, but he hadn't fully developed into that um, sort of top-line player, and, and C has been able to help him on his journey to become that player as well. Yeah, exactly, and also um, Joe Tarpanay as well. I remember when he was on the podcast a few weeks ago, he credited Sia a lot in terms of his own leadership style and just someone to aspire to for these um, these guys who are coming into their prime as players. So 
it, sh- it shows you how influential he is because it's not as though it's just him and, and the younger guys. His um, way of um, handling himself as a professional and as a person is being passed down um, through um, through the different players in the club. Yeah, great news for Sia and a great segue into our second talking point this week and that's Joe Tarpanay. He's the uh, 100th Raiders game this weekend, uh, Tom. Uh, it's funny, we talked about this last year. He played his 100th game uh, against the Roosters, NRL game against the Roosters in the grand final last year and now he plays his 100th Raiders game uh, against the Roosters in a grand final rematch semi-final. Quite a... Uh, Quite a little spread of games in between, but obviously a huge milestone for Joe this weekend. Yeah, definitely. Hopefully the right result result this time. But um, yeah, Taps is, for me, I feel like I say this quite a lot, but for me, Taps is one of those guys, he's one of those severely underrated players in the NRL. I think he just flies under the radar a bit in terms of just what he can actually do. He's he's a very damaging forward. He's And I've got to say, I've noticed him really improve in his game a lot. He's so hard to handle for opposition defenders. Underrated is exactly the word uh, that I was going to use. And I actually spoke to Matt Russell from Fox earlier today. And uh, listener of the podcast too, I might add. He did mention that he listens every week. Oh, thanks, so Matty. hello, Matty, for thanks for joining in each week. He said that um, he's he's actually gone through the numbers and he's putting up career best numbers. And not only is he doing that, but his influence in a game, John, is something that's on the rise as well. His ability to um, put the defense in two minds. He's got great late footwork at the line, and he's got an offload as well. So his game's gone to a new level. Oh, it absolutely has. Like twenty nineteen was the, a massive year for um, for the Raiders. But for, for Joe, he had a couple of niggling injuries and he, he threatened to get to really good form, but then he just had those little setbacks. This year, it's been nothing like that. And he's in a good space off the field. He's um, been married for the... I think it's his anniversary coming up soon as well. So he's um, been really settled off the field and then on the field. Like, he's just so dominant. Like, he's... That, he had no right to score the try that he did against the Sharks on, on the weekend. Like That was just outstanding. That's a real leader in the forwards. Yeah, he's a great player and congratulations on his 100th club game uh, this weekend. John, your little news item for the week, and I think we're going to hear about you talking about this every week uh, until it happens. Uh, you're trying to get the hashtag NAMI for Origin going. Tell me about that. It should be happening. Like, I, I just don't understand. Like You see the, every pundit doing their proposed squads for... Uh, origin and Nami's name isn't even mentioned. I think people forget that he actually qualifies, and just because someone's younger than Nami doesn't mean they're a better player. Because Origin's all about winning. Like I'm happy if he doesn't play because I mean that makes me happy as a New South Welshman. But seriously, pick your best players. Pick Nami. Yeah, he goes in against uh, Lindsay Collins this weekend um, against the Roosters, and obviously if uh, if the Raiders are successful and able to get one over the Roosters, and Nami plays well, then. He could hopefully push his name up. I think the teams this year in Origin will go um, predominantly to the teams that actually go through and make the grand final. I'll see, we'll see, I think we'll see really good representation out of grand final winning teams. Mm. Obviously for us, it's a bit hard because we've got mostly English. We've got a lot of Englishmen and a, and a few guys that don't qualify. We've got a lot of Kiwis and things like that. Mm. But there are a number of players um, that could potentially push for Origin, Tom, if we do go through to that last game. Yeah, Nami, and then obviously you've got Jack and Nick from the Blues point of view. Um, but yeah, I mean, it'd, it'd be what about I, Jared Croker. He yeah, I comment. mean, if he makes if he makes it through to the grand final I, and he plays well, he could obviously he could be in contention. They've, they've brought Zach Lomax into the squad, but yeah. they'll need they'll need other centers in that squad. I honestly just I know this has been spoken about so many times, but I just don't know what that guy needs to do to to get a, a decent look in. So I mean, I'm not the coach and. 
Freddie Fittler, you, you, you pick your team, mm. but, mate, I'll definitely be putting Jared Croker okay. in there because he offers so much. Yeah, At I, least in the squad. Like I said, as you get to the end of the grand – you make that grand final mm. in, a, in the way that Origin set up this year with the games at the end of the season, then you give yourself every opportunity yeah, to be picked in that yeah. squad because uh, you, you're going to be playing football right up until mm. a certain point. You'll only have a limited time um, to you know rest and recover and then you'll be going into a, a series with plenty of football under your belt. So it's a logical thing. I'm not sure um, – what both coaches are thinking in that respect, but you know, you're definitely going to do yourself no favours mm. by getting your team uh, all the way to the grand final. Uh, ticket information this weekend at the SCG, you can purchase your tickets now for the general public sale, have started. So uh, jump online to ticketech.com.au. Uh, I did see that the Raiders supporters bay is already full, which is a good sign. So mm-hmm. um, nice to see plenty of green up there uh, on Friday night uh, at the SCG. Uh, Tom, you went up there for the game earlier this year. It's an interesting venue for rugby league, obviously, with a big wide ground. How did you find the experience? Yeah, it was it was interesting. Um, especially, I was stationed up in the media box, which was sort of facing end on, and I had a pretty good view for our second half clinic, which was uh, ideal. Um, you know, it's a it's a good venue. I think I think the venue and the playing surface itself will actually suit us quite a bit, and. I'd, I think it was sort of no coincidence that we sort of won that game because I, I feel like it it was sort of like a, a fast pitch and yep. really sort of suited our style. But I think it's, um, yeah, it'll be great and looking forward to seeing heaps of green and noise in the crowd. Actually, here, if you look at the, the configuration of the ground here at Braddon, it's mm. similar. Yeah. There's, that, there's those big open spaces on each side of the training ground here. So maybe that's a, maybe that's a little bit of a, an, a, an advantage that we can take uh, into this weekend. We'll have to wait and see yeah. on uh, Friday night. All right, let's have a look back at the finals week one uh, win over the Sharks down there at GIO Stadium. And, John, uh, not the greatest start for the Green Machine. Um, Probably just a little bit of um, hangover from the boys having the week off, maybe. I'm not sure whether it was a Cronulla coming out and and just playing their best football for the first 20. I I probably lean more towards that because I thought they were very impressive in the first half. And it just shows in this modern-day game, possession's everything. And I think we went into the sheds with uh, only 34%. Uh, possession so um, turned around in the second half but you know that start was um, probably a little bit of a concern for the coaching staff this week. Yeah it's been a a worrying sort of trend over the last couple months where we started a bit slow but the really impressive thing you can take away from it is that our defence has kept us in the game and with only 35% possession uh, if you most sides uh, were in that situation they would have conceded more than 14 points. I thought Chad Townsend, as you said at the top of the show, Tommy, I thought he was fantastic. I think he was – that's the best I've seen him play since the year the Sharks won the comp. Like, he he was fantastic. And we made errors coming out of our own end. So I think we were – we definitely were at fault for some things, but then the repeat sets, um, them putting that pressure on us, that was fantastic. George's try, though, right on the verge of half time, mm. that, was, that was the moment for me. That was the moment that I knew it was like, actually – We've had 35% possession. We're going into the sheds only four down. We can only get better than this. Um, it's no, I didn't think it was like a done deal by any means, but I had a lot of confidence from that. Yeah, I still felt pretty confident. We saw what happened against the Warriors a couple of weeks ago at home. Um, same thing. We started the game with absolutely no possession. Somehow went into the sheds leading that game and uh, the experience and um, you know, polish of the, of the Raiders came through in that second half. And it was a similar case the other night. Um, don't take anything away from the halves though. I thought both uh, both George Williams and Jack Whiten were outstanding. Jack Whiten 
um, may, may have picked up the man of the match, but George Williams wasn't far behind him. Um, they both picked up try doubles. Uh, Jack White and uh, quick thinking to to push through that quick tap and and put the Raiders uh, into a good position early in the second half. And the way he flew through the air to take that second try was um, outstanding as well. Uh, and George Williams backed it up uh, in the second half with a great piece of support play, which um, a great half always does. Always someone there backing up. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Ricky Stewart said in his post-match press conference, you know, he likes to he likes halves that take thing take matters into their own hands, and that's exactly what both did. And they just said, "Look, boys, let us do the talking," and they did. And they were setting each other up. That's what I really like. So that um, that leap that um, Jack had that was from a really good George kick, and then. Um, when George crashed over, that was because of work off the back of what Jack was doing. So seeing them just just cause absolute mayhem in the middle, that's really exciting, especially after seeing Nathan Cleary score three for the Roosters. Mm, that's right. I, against the Roosters, against sorry. The, that's right. I, I, um, mm. it, it, what that does too is when, that, when those two are playing and they're obviously very well experienced and professional players, it takes a pressure off a, off a Tom Starling, um, mm. who's obviously um, still... Finding his feet in the first grade, and you know, and don't take it away from Starlow. He's been fantastic since he came in, but he's still a young guy learning his trade. So, so, so when those guys like Jack and George step up and take control of the game, it takes the pressure off of Tom Starling, and he does a really good job then, just getting the ball to his halves, and that's very important. Uh, the other guys um, that I thought really stepped up um, once again, you mentioned Joe Tarpin, he was outstanding in that first stint. Um, you know, Josh Papali, solid as always. Uh, and I thought um, Elliot Whitehead, after a slowish start to the game, really found his feet in the second half and um, was able to score that try, Tom, to, to pretty much uh, seal the game. Yeah, the, when Smell had those couple of little slight setbacks, you, you knew that that wasn't going to uh, get him down and he was going to be more determined than ever. Um, but it was interesting because I, I saw them working on that sort of play um, during the week in which they scored off that try, you know, they're sort of shifting it out to the left and then Croak's putting in that little kick in behind for Elliot to latch onto and I thought that was a nice little touch. Yeah, people talk about um, John Bateman's competitive edge, but I think Elliot Whitehead's just as competitive. He hates losing um, just as much as John Bateman. Yeah. So, um, you know, when you've got players on both edges that, that really um, don't want to lose a game, it, it helps those, uh, especially those inexperienced guys around them, um, in, particularly in the outside backs that um, may not have that experience. Yeah, exactly. They're just absolute. Um, like they just go after everything. They're so solid in de- in defence, and that our game is really built off that defence. But then they've mm. got the skills. Like we saw, Elliot can play in the halves if needed. Mm. Um, Batty's got that uh, sp- enough speed to play in the centres if needed as well. Like they've got enough in attack, but their defence is what is um, it's just such an asset. Mm. It is. I mean, you have to be a good defensive team if you want to win a premiership it's and. Uh, and I think that the Raiders, um, you know, have worked themselves over the last couple of years to get themselves in that position. Let's put that game uh, past us, 38-28. Before we do, just want to once again thank uh, the 9,600 that made their way out to GIO Stadium, uh, as George Williams called it, the GIO, on um, fr- uh, Saturday night. It was great to see the Viking clap uh, back in full swing, uh, and we hope, um, if you can, to make it up the road to Sydney on Friday night to take on the Roosters. All right, guys, it feels like we've been waiting for this moment for eternity and a shot at the Roosters in the finals. We all know what happened last year. Let's not talk about that. Let's talk about this season. Let's talk about this team and let's talk about this opportunity uh, to get one over them and and progress to another preliminary final. Yeah, it's exciting. Uh, Obviously, they're the team that we would just love to knock off. Um, interestingly enough, the two when we played them at this at the SEG, the the two sides. I was just having a look at the teams. They were relatively similar 
Except for me, the difference will be, however, we we get a couple of gains in John Bateman and Corey Harry. We are now obviously coming off the bench, but for me, the one thing that's quite noticeable is at the SCG when we when we won, that was Semi Valame's debut, and he has come a long, long way since that game. And I think he it's going to be a really good test for him. Yeah, obviously the Roosters this week. Uh, if we have a look at their team, they bring back in Jake Friend. They also bring back uh, Sonny Bill Williams, who had the week off. With that neck injury, John, so experience uh, in the middle part of the field for them um, is what uh, Trent Robinson's gone for. Yeah, exactly. And Jake Friend's a really good competitor. He's been at, um, one of the top hookers in the game for a long time. Um, Sonny, Sonny Bill, like that brings a lot of headlines. But it, for me, it's, it comes down to guys like um, Takiaho. I, I think I really rate him. I think he's a fantastic player. Uh, Angus Crichton, since he's come back from he's that been ACL, he's been fantastic. Yeah. I know he's on the edge, but he is um, one of the key men to look out for. This is me just going out on a limb here. I've just got this gut feeling um, that, um, I was going to say Adrian Lamb, Lockie Lamb, is going to come into the side for funny. And I've just got this this feeling that um, there's a little bit of um, smokes and mirrors at play here. Um, but doesn't matter what side they put out. There are quality players across that park. Well, yeah. if that's a fearless prediction, give him two or three <laughs> points for that. That's right. Well, um, yeah, it's, uh, obviously Kyle Flanagan's a young player still finding his feet and we did see Trent Robinson make that switch earlier in the season to have a look at both players. So, yeah, interesting to see uh, what he does there. Big call, though, to drop your halfback um, going into a massive game like this. So we'll wait and see how that unfolds. Uh, Sonny Bill Williams, do we see him playing a similar similar role to what he played down here in his first game, just a few minutes off the bench? Yeah, I think he. I don't. I don't, I don't think his impact will be quite big. Um, he'll just he'll come off the bench as you know, just sort of like an impact forward. Um, but like Johnny said, it's it's those guys that uh, that are at the Roosters that don't really get the headlines. The guys like the two pos um, that really sort of you know. For me, pose a, a danger. Yeah, well, the yeah. Tupo and Morris were the, mm. probably argued with the Roosters' two best players in the grand final last season, yeah. coming off the wings and their carries back. So yeah. you throw in, obviously, James Tedesco at the fullback as well. So they've got strike right across the park and experience. So, you know, everything that this, this game um, promises to offer will be there on Friday night. Just on Sonny Bill Williams, um, um, I wonder if we'll see another... Every touch from SBW video on NRL.com. I was a bit disappointed oh. last week that we didn't see an every touch from Sam Williams <laughs> video on NRL.com following his performance against the Sharks. He was too involved. Yeah, he did too much. Exactly right. Um, the Raiders, uh, C.S. Oliola starting again this weekend. I like that. Uh, gets him out there. Um, you can really go um, hell for leather for that first 20 minutes and then you've got a, a guy like Dynamis Louie that can come uh, into the game and, and provide that impact off the bench. It's, yeah, it's yeah. good to have um, origin quality players coming off the bench. Yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> I, th- I thought he was great off the bench last time, and C just gives you that composure to start. But he's got that energy too; like he's he's so happy to be back playing. You can just see it in his demeanour, um, and I, I think it's great that he's going to be um, starting. Yeah, Saliva Havili came into the game last week a bit earlier than we've seen over the last few weeks, so. Um, he could be a, a, a guy that could possibly feature early on in the match. But the one that I'm looking forward to the coming off the bench um, is Hudson Young. I just mm. think he's just getting better and better each week. We saw that line break that he made, um, which led to that George Williams try. So he went down when he went through on the, on the left edge. And he is just getting better and better every week. And um, he plays with confidence. And that's what you want in a young player. Yeah, he, he for me, he has been one of the most improved players. I know we've said this a lot about a lot of guys, but for me, Hudson has really gone to another level. And I think similar to what 
Ryan Sutton was using up until he got injured. You know, he's using that motivation of missing out on the finals last year to really sort of drive himself, and he's been phenomenal. He brings so much aggression. He's a, he's a bit of a he's a bit of a pest, really, out on the field, and he loves to get under the skin of the opposition. And I just love everything about Hardy Oregon. He's a fantastic player. Can I just add also with um, Lever? I think that game against the Sharks, where he was playing predominantly as a middle forward, I think that gave him a lot of confidence because some of his runs in the first week of the finals. Like they were really damaging. He was getting quick play the balls. And just that, I think we've talked a bit before, like those different body shapes in your forwards, having him, which is so different from the guys like Papa or Tarpanay or anything like that, I think he got a lot of confidence and he's found some really good form. Yeah, the other guy that's got plenty of um, ability off the bench is Corey Harawira and Ira. And we, he only got a limited opportunity in the first week of the finals in a, in a game that's going to go um, probably down to the wire and, and could be potentially quite dour in the middle of the field. He's another guy that could come on and make an impact. Yeah, because he's often coming on around that 65-minute mark. There's a tiring middle, and he just just puffs his cheeks up, and he's just running so hard right off the back fence. He's the back fence puller. He is. I love it. I love it so much. He's so aggressive in his runs, and he just brings so much energy. He looks so likely to score when he comes on, even though he's not on the field for very long. It can't be far away. More storylines and days of our lives this game. Can't wait for it. Friday night, 7.50. If you can get to the SCG and get there, get behind us. If you can't, uh, it'll be on TV uh, on Channel 9 or Fox. Uh, so get behind the green machine. Let's hope we can go into the preliminary final for the second consecutive year. All right, prediction time. Now, last week, John, I do believe you selected Elliot Whitehead to score a try. Yeah, uh, that. Tommy, you had John Bateman. I thought I had Joe Tarpany until we listened to the replay about <laughs> ten minutes ago, and uh, I actually had Tom Starling. So just the one point. Um, thought, we, thought we might have had our first double for the year, but no, no avails. Right, right. What this is, week. What do we got for us this week, Tom? Well, this week I've got um, I've got the uh, the re-signing man, uh, C.S. Soliola. I've just got a feeling he's going to really have play a, a big game against his former side, and I wouldn't be surprised if he went under the post. Geez, that's a big call. Yeah, a, you know, in a, you know, considering he's going to start the game, uh, if he crashes over Dunamis Louis style like yeah. we did against the Roosters, the Roosters earlier yeah, in the game, yeah, yeah. yeah, possibly could happen. There you go. Yeah, I'm going to go a little bit safe. I'm going for an outside back. I'm going for Chance. I just really liked um, the way that the Panthers were able to attack them through the middle, and I just think uh, Chance is going to get a try. And also, because I think it's a little too safe, and these are fearless predictions, at the 20-minute mark, we're going to be up, and we're not going to relinquish the lead. There you go. That's a one from uh, Johnny there. I'm going to go for Jordan Rapana. I just feel he just hasn't quite been able to find that try line this season, and it's probably the... the um, the fact that he's playing in a different position and he's, um, he's, you know, he's had a lot of changes to that edge, but I think uh, this is the week where he might be able to get himself a four-pointer. So uh, I'm going to back Raps to score this weekend. Well, joining us on the Behind the Limelight podcast this week is Sia Soliola. Good afternoon, mate. Hey, Benny. How are you going? Yeah, fantastic. First of all, congratulations. Uh, finally able to put pen to paper on that uh, one-year extension. You must be uh, really happy with the way that that's all panned out for you uh, uh, in yes. what's been a really hard year for you. Yeah, no, very happy. And like you said, yeah, it's uh, been a strange year, um, from especially not uh, not every... Uh, yeah, it's been a strange year for everyone, but yeah, but for me personally, you know, um, considering the injury that I've had and um, um, being able to... Um, you know, ink ink out a new deal. Um, it's fantastic new, uh, fantastic news for 
for me and my family. Um, I know my kids will be really happy. You know, they're very settled here. Uh, my wife loves it here. Um, but um, yeah, I'm, I've always enjoyed this place. It's really, um, I've said it in previous interviews, that this is perfect place to, you know, play footy and raise your kids. Yeah, just on that, I suppose, with your family um, side of things, you, your kids wouldn't know any other place really because um, Izzy would have been you know, too young to remember anywhere else um, and, and you've had um, your other children um, you know, arrive while you've been here. Yeah, that's right. Um, I think Israel only remembers um, like Legoland or like all the fun places over in, in England, uh, Disneyland when we went to France, but that's about it. Um, but he, yeah, he, he, has a, he has a really good solid group of friends here. Um, you know, they're all things that I have to take into consideration when, um, if, if you're thinking about moving. So, um, you know, even the thought of moving, he, he was really emotional. So um, it's really nice that, um, you know, I'm able to, you know, ink out it another year, um, in particular with this group. Um, I'm very, very excited, you know, about this group. And even though, um, given the fact that I've had this, this major injury and I've got through the other end. Um, I've been able to build really good solid relationships with the, a lot of the young kids as well. And um, that's just given me a lot of energy, um, just being with them. Um, everyone would have seen the guys that uh, made all their debuts, you know, just the, um, I guess the hard work they've um, had to put in throughout this, you know, just strange year. Um, and being amongst their journey, you know, being amongst them throughout the journey, um, it's it's given me a whole, you know, different, I guess, a different outlook because I've I've been consistently um, been with, um, uh, I guess, with you know the experienced guys a majority of my career, but um, to be um, with the youth and be a part of their energy, it's just given me a whole different sort of lease of life um, with within within uh, the club yeah well, let's let's touch on the injury um, quickly I mean that was such a um, you know bad timing and it's never a good time to receive an injury like that but to get that um, at a point in your career where you were you know fairly well down the road on on the path to signing a new deal and then that injury hits did did the thought ever come across your mind that you may have played your last game yeah no it was uh, look I'm I'm very optimistic. Um, you know, I like to think um, quite positive about things. But um, yeah, to be to be honest, I, the the thought did cross my mind because uh, um, I have dealt with facial fractures before, but um, I was a bit unsure about this one because this is the first time I've ever done a um, Les Fort fracture. I think that's what it's called. Um, and given the year. Um, in the current climate that we're at um, with the clubs and there was a lot of uncertainty, um, especially around that time when I got injured. Um, there was, yeah, it was a bit unsure, but, um, you know, the club, Don, Stick, and, you know, they were very supportive. Yeah, everyone around the club, you know, not only just the club in general, but, you know, uh, good friends and family, well, people I consider family friends now uh, around the place. Um, everyone was real supportive and so um, all I needed to do was um, you know just take it one one day at one day at a time and then um, there would have been a point where um, I 
would have got a real gauge on where I was at in terms of myself physically, uh, mentally, and, um, you know, Donnie was also reassuring um, about me and where I stood um, at the club. Um, he was very transparent and him and Rick were very transparent and very honest about, you know, the situation that they were at and um, where they thought that I was as well. And um, I have to be, you know, you know, I'm very grateful for um, those two for, you know, just being um, real supportive um, towards me about that. Yeah, I mean, you had to go through a lot. We won't go back into it again because it's been reported um, already, but, you know, blending KFC and Maccas and all that sort of stuff and then, um, you know, trying to convince your doctor that you you were ready to go and, and the relationship you've had there. But now that that's all behind you, um, it must just be a great feeling to be back out there um, doing what you love. I mean, you got the chance to come back uh, for the last round and then played um, uh, the game against the Sharks again uh, in the first week of the finals. Um you must be just relieved to be back out there and being part of this team again. Yeah, of course, of course I am. Um, it's it's one of those things where uh, when I did get cleared and um, uh, I wasn't I wasn't I was I was named in the twenty one, um, and the boys were actually doing really really good at the time, and so um, that's where I was, I was sort of getting a little a little bit nervous because you know I was sort of going against against time then, um, but. You know, fortunate. You know, I was able to get that last game um, in the last round with all the all the guys that you know I trained with, and, and that was really exciting. And that gave me a lot of energy. Um, the game in itself gave me a lot of confidence, um, bleeding into last week. Um, and you know, uh, Ricky pulled me in. Like I'm, I'm, I'm not one. One of the one of the hardest things that I found with the injuries is that. Um, when you're actually on that on that point where you're close to coming back, but you're not, um, that's where I found it hard being in the sheds. Um, you know, when you there's that level of control that you, you you you're going into the sheds and you're not suiting up, you're not strapping up. Um, um, I, I found that pretty difficult. Uh, just to um, and and I think Rick knew that as well. So I think that's sort of one of the reasons why he brought me in, just to um, you know. Just to, you know, sort of cheer me up or whatever, and I told him too. I said, "Man, this is. A, why did you bring me in here?" And he was like, "Yeah, you because know, I knew you wouldn't like it." <laughs> so we had a bit <laughs> of a laugh there. But you know, now that you know, I'm, I'm suiting up and strapping up. Like, there's a, a whole level of like gratitude that I have. Um, you know, especially, f I guess, just for the whole process of things. You know, you just different outlook, you know. I, I could have easily still been sitting there uh, next to Stick and, you know, getting the boys ready uh, mentally and emotionally, but now I'm actually there physically with them. And so, yeah, there's a, a, a lot of people to thank for that. That first game back where you lined up against um, all those debut um, players, I mean, Adam Cook's 19 years of age, um, a lot of the other guys that made their debut and that played in that game are around 20, 21 years old. Did you feel a bit like that coach that goes onto the field with the under sixes and sort of tells them where to go on the field and, and says, is it your run, boy? Your turn to have a run? Yeah, yeah. I felt like one of those, um, you know, one of those um, old boys out in the bush, you know, when you play play footy out in the bush, captain coach once. <laughs> so, but, but it was like we, we had a really exciting week that week. Um, there was just a... You know, you would have felt the buzz, uh, you know, around the around the camp, because you know, we all went through that 
their journey with them. Um, I think that's why it added a lot more excitement to that week. And so um, I knew I knew the the boys were going to do well just because of the level of um, commitment they've had, um, you know, throughout the whole year, um, you know, from training. Um, and it's it was a hard slog for them, you know, in particular guys like Sam Williams and um, Matt Frawley, you know, that, you know, could easily fit into any NRL side. But, you know, they've been great leaders uh, within within the, um, the young squad. And, you know, it was nice that we could get that result um, for the club. And, you know, I think that would be um, a game that a lot of people will remember, you know. Yeah, most definitely. It's uh, definitely one of the strangest games I've ever seen and, and completely different atmosphere and preparation uh, than what it was for the, the week after, which is last week's game, the, the finals, that intensity of a final series to go from that you know, sort of carefree, free-flowing yeah. game the week before right. into that finals intensity. Um, uh, it must have been um, really uh, exciting to have the transition there and the two totally different groups of people as you headed into last week's game as well. Yeah, no, it was. It was. Um, you know, your, um, you know, different levels of pressure um, in, in, the, in the different weeks. You know, um, where uh, I guess you know, especially in the first week, we we had the excitement of everyone. Um, we knew that you know, whatever happens, we were going to play the following week. Um, last week, it was do or die. You know, and, and there was a lot at stake, and so um, it was. Very, you know, we're very fortunate to get that result. Um, you know, given the fact that um, there were, were patches um, there at the game that you know we're not, we weren't satisfied with. But you know, we have the, we have another shot to to go at it again. And now you head into an even bigger test this weekend. It's the grand final rematch. It's a sudden death final again. Uh, up against the Roosters, uh, two-time champions, and uh, I'm sure that they'll be um, more than up for this game on uh, Friday night. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, look, there's, um, you know, they've come, come, come under a lot of criticism um, this last week or so, and they would have been rallying together um, uh, this week because they, um, yeah, it's it's going to be going to be a tough one um, but you know we're relishing that challenge we understand what's ahead of us um, and you know the boys are ready we've, we had a um, great uh, day even though we've, we've only sort of we got we had today and effectively tomorrow to uh, I mean captain's run to prepare for for Friday but um, yeah the boys are the boys are pretty amped for it, yeah. Obviously, there's the whole storyline around the, the grand final rematch and the fact that you guys um, went so close to winning last year and now you've got the chance to, to get one over the Roosters. Do you, do you have to put that aside a little bit and just focus on the task at hand heading into this game? Yeah, uh, I think you do. Uh, every, every, you know, it's a different year, you know, you know, in particular last year in the grand final, you know, we didn't have the six again rule and we only got one ref now. And so things have changed um, this year. Uh, we know that. Um, we know where we need to be um, individually and collectively as a group. And, you know, we're 
like I said, we're we're, we're prepared. We're ready to perform because um, you know it's it's do or die time. Um, the boys are, you know, they've been pretty focused. Um, you know, since coming back um, from recovery to today, and you look. We, there's more important things um, to us in the grand final rematch, and that's um, been one of our own boys and Joey Tarpany making his um, 100th game uh, this week, and that's you know, that's a lot more to play for. Um, you know, those milestones. You know, we we want to pride ourselves in trying to make that special for for Joey because man, he, what he's done for the club has been amazing. Yeah, it's another huge milestone for another great player and. Uh, once again, see congratulations on uh, that new deal and all the best of luck for the Roosters on Friday night. We can't wait for it. Uh, thank you, Benny, and yeah, can't wait to get out there. Cheers. There he is, Sia Soliola, joining us on this week's edition of the Behind the Limelight podcast. Once again, I said it last week, we will see you next week after we get the Roosters on Friday night.